Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. These are the prison epistles. It's been a, a pretty good year to cheer for my favorite football team, the Buffalo Bills. Uh, after uh, years of drought, we finally uh, are winning regularly. Um, but they usually tend to play uh, at 10 a.m. on Sundays uh, during church, and so I set the games to record. And I kind of got into this habit a few years ago where I, I'd get home and when we finally get a little bit of time, uh, I'd get Jen to pull up the score on her phone and, and she would tell me whether or not the game, which had already finished, uh, was worth watching or not. Uh, and sort of there was this code where she said like, yeah, you might want to watch this game. I knew it meant they won. Or uh, mm, I don't think you're going to want to watch this one, meaning they lost. Uh, and so uh, I would go into watching these football games that she told me I should watch with this totally different sort of perspective. Uh, it was, it was, it's actually kind of interesting to think through uh, the difference of watching a live game where you're totally invested in the ups and the downs and emotional roller coaster versus knowing that there's going to be a positive outcome. And you, you sort of work your way through the game and there's these low points. And even when things look like they're absolutely falling apart and crumbling, um, there isn't a despair or a hopelessness. Rather, there's just a, this, this expectation almost of how are they going to get themselves out of this hole, right? Even being down 21 points at halftime, you know, gee, how's this going to, I know how it's going to end. How are they going to get it to that ending? Uh, and, and knowing the ending and having that hope changes sort of your attitude all the way through, even when things are dire. Um, it's no secret that in the world today, um, things look pretty bleak. Uh, whether it's the global pandemic that's almost going on two years, uh, the division even within the church on, on vaccine passports, you've got people protesting hospitals, you've got nurses that are burning out and understaffed, you've got the election frustrations going on, there are global shortages on seemingly everything. Uh, we had a drought, uh, forest fires, there's racial tensions abounding. Um, they're digging up indigenous children in, in the, the front yards of, of, of residential schools. Uh, our sexual ethic as a people is just being blown apart. Global warming and climate change is just on the forefront of everything that's happening around us. Um, and it's no wonder that mental health has become uh, a forefront issue. Things can look pretty dire. And so that's why this fall, um, we want to focus on joy. Uh, joy is, is different than happiness. Um, happiness is an emotion that is dependent upon circumstances. Happiness comes and goes sort of moment by moment. Uh, joy is not rooted in our circumstances, but joy is an attitude that's rooted in our hope, in the hope that we have. And that's why I really like the the football illustration of knowing the, the hope that I have is there is a win changes sort of the, the experience working our way through it. And in our lives, are we dependent on happiness, which is moment to moment and circumstance by circumstance? Or, or do we focus on joy, which is rooted in something far deeper, independent of our circumstances? And so this fall, we're going to work through the prison, prison epistles. Uh, these are the four epistles written by Paul uh, from prison. Um, when, when you look at Paul's life, it, it's, it's pretty amazing when you look at what his hope would have been before he came to faith. And we talked pretty extensively about Paul's story uh, when we, we did our series through the book of Acts. 
Um, but Paul had been a, a, a leader in, in the, the, fair, the party of the Pharisees. And so the hope of the Pharisees uh, as this religious organization, their hope was really that the, the entire nation of Israel, all the people would obey the Torah. They would obey the law. They would just submit and follow the law. And if the people could do that over a consecutive number of days and weeks, then God potentially would send the Messiah and the Messiah would be a political and military leader. And that was his hope. And you could understand why I'm sure that, that Paul regularly suffered from hopelessness. And I get the impression uh, that when he was Saul, that he probably wasn't a man who was all overly joyful. But Paul had an experience where he encountered the resurrected Jesus. Where, where he was on his way to go get these, these papers from the government that would give him a legal justification for persecuting Christians and wipe out the sect that was causing a division and forcing people away from the law, which he placed his hope in. And he encountered the resurrected Jesus, and in doing so, it changed everything for him. He went away and he re-examined all of the Old Testament under the lens of the resurrected Jesus, that if Jesus truly was resurrected, then Jesus was who he said he was, which was the Son of God, the Messiah, the Anointed One. And then the promises of Jesus that he was coming back once again were all true. And now Paul had this hope not rooted in the immediate, not, not rooted in other people, not rooted in circumstances or in the political welfare of the state, but rather completely rooted in Jesus's return and in the truth of the resurrection, meaning that nothing that could happen in this life to him would shake the hope that he had. Um, he, he went uh, around the Mediterranean sharing this gospel, this good news, the hope that he had. He became a, a missionary. Uh, eventually, he was, he was uh, arrested. Um, uh, he was accused falsely of trying to bring Gentiles into the, the holiest places in the temple. It was a plot uh, that uh, sort of the Jewish leadership was trying to get him in prison so they could assassinate him. The plan was discovered, and actually, Paul just sort of sat in prison for years uh, awaiting his trial and, 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 and sort of just sort of sitting and, and waiting. You can imagine the frustration that eventually he shipped to Rome to stand trial before Caesar. On the way, he's shipwrecked and spends a winter on an island until finally he's imprisoned in Rome. And that is where he writes these letters, the letters of uh, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon. And so we're going we're gonna to start the book of Ephesians here uh, this morning. Just in the first couple of verses, we see the call on Paul's life. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. Uh, that word apostle means messenger, a sent one. By the will of God. And, and he's acknowledging that, that Jesus chose him. That there was this amazing choice that God shows up and confronts him on the road to Damascus, calls him out of his old life, changes him completely, and sets him on a new course. To the saints who are in Ephesus and, uh, and are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul had joy in all circumstances. You can imagine while he, he's writing to these churches in prison in Rome, he doesn't actually know what the outcome is going to be. He's been years in prison. There's been attempts on his life. He's, he, he's suffering. He's in change. Uh, some scholars believe that Paul was going blind, uh, that he was probably crippled in his back from multiple beatings. 
Um, and, and all of the suffering is going on while he's in chains. You can also imagine the frustration that he feels not being able to continue this work that God has called him to do, that, that God has anointed me and he's called me to plant churches to, to go around and preach the good news. But here I am in chains and it's almost like uh, God is holding me back from fulfilling the calling that he has in my life. And he also doesn't really know what the outcome is going to be of this trial. He's awaiting to find sort of the outcome of whether or not he'll, he'll live or die, whether or not he'll stay in prison or go free, yet we see dripping, sort of re- reverberating through all of these letters that Paul has this joy, this unspeakable, unimaginable joy, and it's because his hope was unshakable. He had this hope deeply rooted in the resurrected Jesus. And because that hope was immovable, uh, Paul had joy in the midst of all circumstances. And and, um, as we go into this season and we look at the struggles around us, we look at at all of these issues, um, they they can really drag us down. They can really cause us to lose our joy, but but what I think these letters want to call us to is to look beyond our circumstances, to look beyond the struggles around us, to look beyond the pains and the questions of the future, and look beyond that to the truth of the resurrected Jesus, the hope that we have that Jesus is on the throne, that Jesus is working all things together for the good of those who love him, that Jesus is with us in all things, that Jesus is bringing forward the kingdom, that nothing can stop the kingdom, and that someday Jesus is coming back for us once again, and there will be a new heaven and a new earth with no more tears, no more suffering, no more sin, no more sickness or death. And that hope is unshakable. And so uh, cutting through the stress, what we want to do in this series is focus on the hope that we have as Paul outlines it here, as he writes from prison, so that we can experience this joy as well. Joy, this unshakable hope, because we know the final score. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you uh, that you are victorious. We thank you that you are on the throne. We thank you that our hope is unshakable. And so as we encounter Paul's writings from prison, God, we ask that his joy would wash over us, that it would, um, it would cut through the confusion and the fear of this age, and that we would live lives filled with the, the joy of the Lord. We pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. I'm really looking forward to this series. I'm excited to be in Paul's letters. I, I, I hope you are too. We'll talk again soon.